Hey everybody, it's Elena Torres here with another episode of Counter Currents. And today, Petey can't be with me, but that's okay. I've got lots of co-hosts. First off, starting with my good friend, TJ Ferguson. Hi. And TJ Ferguson is hosting tonight at Arlington Draft House. And the feature today at Arlington Draft House, Pete Bladell. Hey everybody. And our headliner, Mr. Josh Wolf. Hello. I like how you went sing-songy, though. I like that. You went, hi. I said theater background. Yeah. <laughs> you got to make an entrance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was you picking your head in. Hello. Does it come out often? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah. <laughs> I love that. That no, was quite great. an entrance. It's yeah. great. We're a simple podcast and we don't have like a musical intro, so it's nice that you did that. No, he was we're good. Before. He's the yeah. wacky neighbor who peeks his head through the window. Hello! Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Round of applause when he walks in. Yeah, right. I like it. Right. With the little head shake. Too, too creamery. Anyway, how have the shows been going, everybody? Good. They're fun. Yeah? They're fun, yeah. Do you like coming to the area? Um... Yeah, there are too many places I don't like to go. Now there are, there are some that were. I, there have been clubs where I've been like, oh, I'm never fucking going back there. What I know you can't say what club, but what area of the country? Does it have to do with area of the country? <laughs> I can tell you a couple. Name things. some names a little. Name some I'll tell you something. I like Pete a lot. Okay. Yeah, we love Pete. Our fearless leader, Pete. I'm gonna tell you something. Pete is one of the reasons that I come back here okay. because. I've been on the road a long time. Mm-hmm. This bathroom situation is a fucking mess. It's complicated. So, so, for people, for so people that don't know, the bathroom is not, there's no bathroom backstage. No. So if the comics want to pee during the show, you have to go either all the way around outside Which, in the cold. Which during the spring is fine. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But it's February right now, and this weekend especially, it's disgusting outside. Yeah. So you have to go all the way around a windy, or block, or go through the audience. So, like, imagine you're seeing the host of your show, and your headliner just like <clears throat> walks right past you to go pee. It's weird. Yeah, and and so sometimes it just has to do with the configuration of the club. Right. Sometimes it has to do with um, if a club, how the club handles uh, phones or security or things like that. Mm-hmm. I, for me, it's all about: Am I having fun? Do I have fun when I come here? If I don't have fun, I'm not coming. Right. And sometimes, if I got to walk through the crowd every time I need to go pee. You're done. Because people will follow me to the bathroom. Yeah. And that's the most uncomfortable. That's really awkward. Hey, bro, I saw you walking through the crowd. I just wanted to tell you. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm just trying to pee. Yeah, yeah, you can't, can I finish first? No yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You can't be one urinal down and tell me that? Yeah. You, yeah. We got to be urinal buddies? Yeah. We got to be, you'll be right here when you tell me? You got to be lock eye contact? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, um. I do love Pete, and I love coming to D.C. I love this area, and I have family up here, so this this is not one of the long bathroom walks that I've decided that, never to come back to. Right. Yeah. That's, that's good to know. So you say you've been on the road for a long time. How old were you when you started doing comedy? Oh. Well, the first time I ever got on stage, I was 15. Oh, wow. Um, but then... Where was it? Was it a, like a high school talent show, or did you actually go to an open mic? It was an open mic... Uh, it was a place called the Iron Horse in Northampton, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and um, I know I remember the first joke I ever told. So my parents drove me. Uh, I was wearing um, white, white high top ponies. You know, <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about? White chunky high top ponies. I had acid wash jeans. This was a little while ago. Nice. Oh, the outfit gets better. I had a mullet, 
which I had under my baseball hat. I it's very saved by the bell. So it was the far. 80s. It was definitely the 80s. Yeah, I, I, I want to get a little better. I had I had a I had a thick silver chain, not a link, not link chain, but like like a like like King Tut, you know, like a thick <laughs> okay. silver. You know what I mean? Like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. like a silver chain. Okay. You know what I mean? And I'm gonna top it off. I'm gonna give you guys, let you guess what I was wearing for a shirt. Now, just know, okay, so it's Western Mass, small town. I wear, I don't know. What time of year? What time of year? Um, it was not cold. I'm already guessing the tank top. Yeah, that's what I was gonna guess <laughs> too, like a bright tank top with like some sort of '80s graphic. All right, you're in the right ballpark. I I wore it was a mesh tight white mesh shirt. Now, when I mean tight, Whoa. I don't mean like thick mesh, like uh, big holes, like the tight. Like a football, like that that yeah. small mesh. Like I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it's beach type of. I don't know. Is it must? No, no, no. Those holes are too big. Okay, okay. Like if you think of a football that. jersey, you know those got little it, got holes. It, got it, got it. But it was just solid white, and okay. so I, I was walking to the stage feeling confident. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> oh yeah, feeling oh, good. You had your bling. Oh, you know it. And so, and my mom, we, she, she was sitting in the front with my dad. And I could hear as I was walking the stage, you know those old cameras, the zit zit click, yeah, v v click, film and all that shit. So I could hear the camera, zit zit click, as I walk into the stage, zit zit click, and I got on stage, and this was the first joke I ever told. I said, "Hey everybody, I'm here. Uh, my name is Josh Wolf. I'm 15 years old, and I got to tell you, I'm pretty excited to be here tonight. My mom's here." Um, and this will be the first fucking time I'll be able to fucking swear in front of my cock-sucking mom. <laughs> <laughs> the picture stopped immediately. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The silent car ride home. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she yeah. didn't. Um, but um, I did. I remember going in and asking the guy when I signed up, what should I talk about? And he said, you should always just talk about what you know. Mm -hmm. And all I knew at the time were my parents. Mm -hmm. And all I knew that was funny about my parents is that they both farted a lot all of the time. And it I mean, smelled. not a bad place to start. And so my closer was, I was telling a story about how we were driving down the Mass Pike. It was me, and we were in one of those station wagons where there was a seat that looked out the back window. You know, you could turn, it was facing the wrong way. One of those. Yeah, and so we had the, and my mom was killing the car. She must have had a lot of protein the day before or something. And, and my dad had that back window open because we would rather smell the exhaust than whatever was coming out of my mouth. Wow. <laughs> yeah, cars, <laughs> right? And so we're driving down the Mass Pike, and my dad pulled over, and he goes, um, hey, you got to get out. And Because it was terrible. Wow. And she went, what? What do you want me to do? He goes, I don't know, walk it off or something. But oh <laughs> so she just walked up and down next to the car for like five minutes. Because, you know, you got to shake it out of your pants or whatever. You get squats. Yeah, I yeah. yeah. <laughs> get it all out. She got back in and we drove away. But I, I, I just told stories like that for my life. and, and um, But I, I then maybe I did it one other time in high school. And then I did it one time in college. And then the fourth time I ever did stand-up, I opened up for Sam Kinison. Wow. And um, wow. his opener was a guy named Carl LeBeau. And so I believe, this was a long time ago, 92 maybe, 93. I believe what happened with Carl was that his dad died maybe of AIDS on the, on the trip when Sam and Carl were. So he had to break off and go to his dad's funeral. I think it was that. I forget what he died of, but that's Carl wasn't there. And they called... The promoter was like, who won that comedy? The third time I was on stage, I won a comedy contest at a bar. Mm -hmm. And I didn't win because I was the best comic. I won because all my friends were there. 
And right. it, was cr- it was crowd. Usually how comedy contests right. are. Right, I was going to yeah. say. Crowd chooses. Yeah, and I, ultimate bringer show. I brought the most people. Right. And so they called the guy and said, who won the comedy contest last night? And I said, this kid, Josh Wolf. And they said, ask him if he wants to open up for Sam. And I got the call, and I was like, comedy's easy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the what the fuck am I doing here in college? You know? Here's my next question. How did you do? Oh, I, it was, okay. First of all, four times on stage. Do you want to have any guess how much the length of material I felt confident doing? Three and a half? No crowd work? Two? Yeah. Crowd work? He's talking in minutes. Yeah, really yeah. stretching? Five? Yeah. And that's what I thought. I was just opening. I didn't know what stand-up meant. Right. And uh, so I got there, and they are like, so you're going to do it in 25. And I was like... <gasps> it was like a feature opening. Yeah. Jesus. So, Kinnison's crowd was a rock and roll. He was the first rock and roll. He was playing a rock club. He's doing, you know what Stanhope does that now. Mm-hmm. But he was playing a rock club. Nobody played rock clubs. And that's and he had a band. He had a number one hit on MTV. He, he remade Wild Thing. It was one of the biggest videos in the 80s. It was maybe early 90s, probably early 90s. Mm-hmm. Massive. It had all of the rock stars in it and a bunch of porn stars. And it was just Kinnison singing Wild Thing with that scream. It's a crazy cover. Anyways, but he had a band with him and he would play. And his scream and who he was brought out just rockers. And guess who they didn't like? You. Do you want to know what I wore to this show? Mesh shirt. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mesh shirt? Oh, it gets better. So I had graduated from mullet to ponytail. Oh. Wait. It grew out. Wait. Wait. With bangs. Stop. Oh, I had a little bang situation. Not like short bang, but like, you know, like, because I, I it was long all over. So I would go hair up a little bit, down, and then bang. I don't know what was happening. I had... Wow. Wait, okay. It, it gets worse. I was wearing... Because I, I had no money growing up. And so I, well, the clothes I had were the clothes I had. So I just had to try, what's rock and roll? So I had these black... You know, I call them bar mitzvah shoes. Like, you know, dress shoes that you wear to a... I had those. I had tighter acid wash jeans. So that right, really... this, this was a big deal. You had to go all the So it went tight. Tight, tight in, right? Right. I had one of those... You know those thin black belts that had the silver point at the end of it? Do you know what I mean? Yes. You know those the terrible, yes. like, cowboy western... I was wearing a blue button-down shirt that they would have worn at Blockbuster. Tucked, oh, like that color blue. Tucked into my oh, jeans. No. Wait, 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 it gets better. There's a lot of different style influences. It gets better because, but what was rock and roll? I was wearing a black leather motorcycle jacket on top of all that. Oh, yeah. With the ponytail and bangs. Yeah. <laughs> the I would think exactly right. And or I was like a bad Steven Seagal costume or something. I, or the exact Steven Seagal costume. Yeah, yeah. Now that I think about it. And I was walking on stage and I just heard somebody scream, Oh, you better be funny, Bobby Brady. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Oh, that's a wrap. You do have yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I want to tell you something. I had so say at the longest, in my room, in my dorm room, dorm room, practicing in front of my mirror, the longest it took was five minutes. But you know that translates to on stage two and a half minutes yeah. mm-hmm. at the longest. Yeah. Because 
the adrenaline, um, you, there's no thinking, you know, that those little asides yeah. you do in front of the mirror, you're not doing, you're just fucking. Yeah. So I did my two and a half minutes. And um, they were, let me tell you, it got so bad that they weren't even heckling me yet after a little bit. They were just talking to each other. And then when, you know, because I was... So what did you do? If you only had five minutes, well, I'll tell what you. did you do? I, my girlfriend was there. Sometimes I was talking directly to her. I was like, this isn't going well. She was like, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but how about this? When new people would come in, I'd be like, I'd do the jokes with them. I'd go, you guys missed my jokes, but uh, they, already, they already heard them, so I'm going to tell you guys. I, oh, I, no. I mean, I guess what else are you going to do? Might as well... Repeat it. So did they boo you off? Or like oh no no no! They just stopped talking to each other. They just completely. They just started talking to each other. They completely forgot that I was on stage. They there wasn't a person left looking at me. And did you finish your twenty? Did you do your full slot? Like, did you wait to get the light? Or how I did, did that... twenty five minutes. Like a oh, professional. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna tell you something else. I'm gonna yeah. tell you what's even worse. There was a second show. Oh. <laughs> did you do the second show? Yeah. I'm gonna tell you something even worse. Bill, who's manager, was like, hey. Sam is whatever. You might have to do a little longer the second show. And I was like, I, excuse me, I said to him, did you see the first show? <laughs> and I, you know how I could tell he didn't? He was like, yeah, you did great. Everybody loved it. I'm like, yeah, he's not watching. Oh, no. So I went back out there, man. But I'm going to tell you something. And this is the truth. I was driving home from, it was at Sneakers. That was the name of the place in San Antonio. I was driving home with my girlfriend at the time. And I said to her, that's not the last time I'm going to, I'm, that's not how I'm going out. Right. Like I, I, it was that night that in a weird way made me realize, oh, I actually, as fucking terrible as that was, it makes me want to get on stage again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, if you know you can take the L and you can like live through that, you can live through just about anything. That was the worst L yeah. I've ever, and I thought, well, it can't get worse than that. No. And I'm, did part of you want to make up for it too? Like, that's what like, I mean. Like to I, yourself, right? I was so competitive with myself yeah. that there was no way I was letting that be what. Even if I didn't do it as a career, I wasn't going to let that be the last time I did it. Mm-hmm. I because I knew that I was there was something in me that was like I I can do better than that. Mm-hmm. I can, but it's not as easy as I thought it was. Right. Do you use that as a credit going forward? Like, your next comic opened up for Sam Kinison. You know I did, man. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. you know I did. Um, But it was a... uh, And then I didn't do stand-up for the rest of the time I was in college. Um, And I went to Seattle. And I started... When I I started in Seattle, I started with two guys. One guy named Joey Diaz Mm. and another guy named Brody Stevens. And so Brody and Joey and I ran around together. Um, And when I'm... Moved to LA. Um, I I got a TV deal, and then I had I was single, raising three kids, and uh, then I got some jobs writing on TV. So I kind of st- I I I stayed away from stand up just because it balanced, man. Like right. I I couldn't right. work on a show and write and then go out at night because I had three kids and right. it isn't the way I want to do it. So I chose. So I took probably I don't know. 2000, probably 2000 until Chelsea Lately started. I mean, I did Last Comic Standing, but I hadn't been doing stand-up in forever. So how did, going back, how did the, how did you end up being a single dad to three kids? Um, 
if you don't mind my asking. No, I uh, met a woman. Um, she had two kids. We had a kid together. Uh-huh. Uh, but when I kicked her out, I kept all three kids. She had her own problems, whatever. Gotcha. And um, we just did that. Wow. And did you feel, at the time that that happened, did you feel like even more of that same pressure, sort of like when you bombed after Sam Tennyson, where you're like, I have to provide for these kids. I have to do, I have to, did it make you work that much harder? I... Or was that already in you? Yeah, I was. It, it, what it made me do is it made me put an expiration date on my dream. Because, look, man, when they're young, well, however much money you have, they don't know. Right. It's just about fun. If you have an empty refrigerator box and some balloons, that beats an Xbox. Right. Like, when they're young, the outside pressure of not having money isn't that big deal. And they don't get it, and they don't feel bad about themselves. All they knew is that our kids wanted to come to my house, mm-hmm. even though all four of us lived in one room. Mm-hmm. My oldest son slept in my closet for a year. Oh, wow. But they knew we were going to have fun, because we were never right. in the apartment. We were always at the park. We were always doing right. something. Right? That's fun at a certain age. Mm-hmm. And so my dad kind of put that in perspective for me. He said, um, he said at some point, you have to realize that this is selfish. And it's not just you anymore. So at what point does you, are you going to balance that out? I'm not saying you have to do it now, but like look at your kids. And so they can't live like this forever. So that's what it did. It made me put an expiration date on it like, okay, at what point do I decide to tap out? Right. Yeah. You know? And so luckily I never... You never had, you I never never had, had to tap that out. date? Never had to tap out. Never that's awesome. Out. Did you there... set a date though? Like... Where you're like, I'm on the deadline, I got three years left? Uh, when, so basically what it was for me, when my youngest son hit first grade. And so, and at that time he was three, so I had like three and a half, four years, three and a half years. And, um, I, man, it was just like, uh, here's what I had to decide. I could have quit comedy right then. But there was something in me that was like, I don't think it's terrible for them to see... First of all, I don't think it's terrible for them not to have live with a lot of money. Like, mm-hmm. that's the way you learn how to live and, yeah. and have character and not having everything you want all the time. That, and a much more broad view of the world. Yeah. Right? And look, man, you know, I would go to the comedy store and other comics would babysit my kids in the parking lot. I would go on stage. Really? Yeah. Wow, Joey Diaz awesome. was their babysitter. <clears throat> he was their babysitter forever. That's how my, they, uh, Chelsea used to look after him at, in the bar at the improv. I would go on stage, and the w- the waitresses come over, give my ice cream. I'd do my fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. and then we'd get back in the minivan. And I actually think I had a Saturn at the time. Wow. I hadn't graduated to the minivan yet, <laughs> man. You know. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, but um, yeah, but like, I I don't find that what. I did or what my life was is any harder or more trying than any other every comic that has hit a certain level uh, except for Aziz had to work hard (laughs) (laughs) and um, and so you know what I mean Uh, everybody did a triple run everybody has when I tell when I talk to younger comics and they're like so I'm you know I just want to quit my job yet I'm like well then then don't do this anymore because at some point in time you're going to have to be like well I guess I'm without insurance right you gotta jump at you, some point there you, there's never a safe landing 
Yeah. You're never going to be like, I have a great job. Let me get into comedy. And it's going to be an easy transition. Yeah. Nope. That's not the way it goes. Yeah. So um, I feel like everybody, you, you know, if I think about all of the people that I started with, everybody, I know dudes who slept in cars for a long time. You know, it's just slept at the comedy store. Like, that's shit that happens. So, mine was just my little piece. But for me, I feel like it was luckier because it made me really, early on, I couldn't afford therapy, so I would bring it to the stage. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, you know what works is the truth. You know what works is when you're really just telling people what you think. Mm -hmm. And so that was like, I remember the first joke... (laughs) I was telling a story about um, my one the, the the moment I realized I didn't know what I was doing as far as parenting. I went to take my son who was out of the car seat. He was like eight months old, and I went to get him out of the car seat. And he had shit on his neck, and I was like, "Do you have shit on your neck, buddy?" And I called my mom. I'm like, "What's the deal? Why is there shit on his neck?" She said, "Yeah, when they're sitting down, the poop goes straight up." I'm like. Does he have a second asshole? Did I miss a neck asshole? Like, it, what the fuck? I didn't know that that could happen. This is new. Uh, boys more than girls. Okay, okay. And that, and so when boys are sitting in their car seat, the shit will go straight up the back, and it goes straight out the neck, and I'm like. And so I remember telling that story, but not for a joke, but just because I was like exasperated and like yeah. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, and I think so many parents can identify with that feeling. Yeah. Because and they make it seem like it's so simple, and suddenly you're left with this thing and you're like oh before you're like all i gotta do is change diapers and feed it right and then there's all these little things you're like oh my god no you, nobody told me how to do any of this what nobody said hey the first time you get this little fucker out of the bath it's like a seal they're <laughs> yeah. gonna slip right out of your fucking yes. hand yeah. you better hold on with two hands and yes. t- tighter than you think you need to yes. the first time you take a baby it's like boop, boop, boop. it is like a, it's like a piece of soap yeah it's crazy so yeah yeah uh, but there's a lot of things that's what's so crazy to me is that they give you a human yeah. And most of us were barely taking care of ourselves. Yeah. And they give you a human and they go, Oh, hey, listen. Take this human out. Yeah, they're just like Good luck. bye. Yeah. Like, but not even at home, just like in the hospital. They're just kinda like, Okay, here's your kid, you're gonna be here for another day. The diapers are here, <coughs> figure it out. Yeah. And you're like, What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's insane. Yeah, it's really daunting. But like and people say I, re- I like when people say, oh, I don't know if I'm ready to have a kid. You're not. Nobody is. Nobody is. That's like saying I'm ready for prison. Are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are you? Do you know what prison's like? Are you ready for yeah. it? Nobody could ever say that they're ready for a kid because who the fuck knows? No, I thought. I mean, I thought I was so ready. I mean, I'm two months in, right? Yeah. I, and I thought I before I gave birth, gone. I don't yeah. know. I, are we here right now? Is yeah. this real as a dream? I couldn't tell you. Her new thing is she's wiggling out of her swaddle now, and I'm, I don't, never know if I'm doing the swaddle tight or not. She wakes herself up. She w- whatever. Anyway. No, is, is yeah. the answer. But I thought, I was like, I've got everything I need. A bunch of my friends have had kids. Like, there's, I've got it already. Like, I don't need, because people are asking me, like, all, you know, my parents and my husband's parents. Like, do you need it? You know, do you need us to buy anything? I was like, nope, nothing. I bought everything for the kid age zero to three. Because, you know, when they come yep. out, they're zero. They are. There's a whole new size for everything called newborn. There is? I, yes. I didn't realize, and and our baby is small. Is zero smaller? Is newborn smaller than zero? Yes. How does one? How are you supposed to know that? What's the transition from newborn to zero? No, it's some point. Some point. Two days. Three month mark. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, because it does start at three months. Yeah. 
Everything like like it closed everything gets more three. normal yeah. at three, so you have to get it's like zero to three though. So I figured zero was fine. Regular so, diapers or cloth? Regular. Me too. Yeah, I can't, I, I I mean respect to anybody who no. does do that, but Not me. I can't. No. I mean, I'm just throwing away. Yeah. Now, and, and you know what else you learn really quickly? You know what gets the smell of poop out of your house? Nothing. 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 There's a there's a thing called the diaper genie. Do you guys know what that is? Yes, you put the diaper into it. It, and it, yeah. it turns it, and when you put it in, it turns, and it makes like a sausage link of poop. It's plastic bag, it turns it, so it seals off the air, plastic yeah. bag, right? It, it's supposed to kill, Doesn't. it just mm. smells like someone shit in the corner. That's Doesn't. all it smells like. We've been putting it outside and opening the thing to air it out for a while. A it's long just... time ago, they realized, you know what you need to do to get rid of the smell of poop? Put it underwater and flush it miles away from your house. Yes, yes, that yes, is the only thing yes. that will take send it away. Yeah, you it needs and not just send it away. Underwater, yes. underground. Yeah. That's so when you think, oh I'm just gonna put it in the corner, are you out of your fucking mind? Yes. Like whoever made that was like, well yeah they'll buy it. That's the other thing. As a parent you realize you're being suckered with all, all the these time. gadgets. All the time. You wanna make money? Get into that shit where people are buying things for the baby. Yeah. Because all you gotta do is tell them this is this takes the poop smell away. Okay. This is safe. Yeah. That's okay. Your kid this will die safe. without this product. Yes. This. Yes. If you made a product, and you're like, this product will make your kid walk sooner. Everybody. Would buy. Yeah. I'll tell you something else. You know what those baby books do? They make you feel like a bad parent. Cause you're like, my kid doesn't do any of these things. Yeah. Not. A, I'm on chapter four. I, I I don't recognize any of these children. Yes. What or or like a, or like as a mom. They're, everything you read is constantly about you need to bond with your child. Yeah. It's like, if you're not bonding constantly, it's like, especially in the first few months, it's like, what if I need to take a shower yeah. or like sleep a little bit or if I want to go do stand-up because I need to get out of this. What if I just audience. I just don't want to be around the kid for a couple minutes? God, well, you, as a mom, you can't say that. But, I mean, yeah, yes, but like yeah. you, you, you say that out loud oh, in Motherland, no. it's like, oh, my God, you have to, you can only say that like with other moms that you're really close with because mom shaming is such a big... Is it? Oh, mom shaming is really real. That's what I'm noticing as more and more of my friends have kids and I, you know, everybody likes to opinionate on how everybody's parenting and it's like, we all, none of us know what we're doing. I really believe this. I don't think there are good parents and bad parents. Even for the parents that we think are bad. I think the majority of parents you think are bad are still doing the best they can do. Absolutely. I truly believe. Did you, any of you see the movie Honey Boy? No, Not yet. Shia I'm Luff, dying right? to see it. Man. Oh. But that is a, a dude, and Shia wrote that about his dad, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah about, it's about his like, crazy yeah. dad. Yeah, so right? you'll see, you see, from the outside you'll be like, that's, that's a bad dad. Yeah. But if you really, it's, he plays it, and he's playing his dad. He clearly loves his son. You can tell he clearly wants what's best for his son. Mm-hmm. He's just not good at doing it. And it's like shy, just like trying to empathize with like what his dad went through. Right, and so and, 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 and like, look, there are there are people who aren't that shouldn't have had kids, but I promise you, a lot of those people are doing the best uh, they can do. It may not be great, right? And I would tell you something else: for every positive thing that you instill in your kid, there is a generally a negative side to it. So if you said Man, my kid is so structured. He's fucking. I got. He sits down. He's focused. But guess what happens when that structure goes haywire? Guess when you have to ask him to improvise? Those kids lose their fucking minds. Right. <clears throat> On the other edge, my youngest son, man, whatever happens, he's flowing with it. 
put him in a structured environment. And he's like, I, what the it. fuck is happening? Yeah. Right? So, good parent, bad parent, good character, whatever you're yeah. instilling has an opposite effect. So I don't look at it like that. For me, it was always like, I'll tell you something. Like, you want to know the thing that I wish the most somebody had told me as a young parent? Yes, please. Truly, truly. They don't listen to a word you say. <laughs> they don't. But you know what they pick up? They're sponges. Right. So right now, maybe a little too young, six months, whatever you do in front of them, that's what they're picking up. Right. Your kids pick, you You know, you're why your kid sounds just like his dad. Mm-hmm. Or she sounds just like her mom. She's not in there mimicking you. It's what she picks up. Yeah. She's, obser- they're observing you all of the fucking time because you're Superman. Yeah. You're Superwoman, right? Yeah, you can say, I mean, I noticed that, like, that was, I mean, as cheesy as this may sound, in the hospital, you know, they, you know, right after she's born, I'm holding her, I look down, and it's like, the way that she looks at me, she's like, I'm doing what you're doing, <coughs> what, yeah. what you say, you're so it. So, this yeah. is it right here. Yeah. So, so, when you're in the car and you're yelling at somebody, or you're screaming, or you're in a patient driver, that's what they're going to be. It's true. It's the thing that I wish I had learned the quickest. Good yeah, because I heard my son scream "merge asshole" once. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you're like Damn. Oh, there you go. That's that's me. Yeah. All right, guys, the show's about to start. What do you got coming up? TJ, you start. Let's go all the way around. Let everybody know where they can find you guys. Uh, well, I'm not doing much. I got a living room show next week. Oh, Say that uh, again. A living room show. Mm-hmm. So the house show. So oh, okay. Um, yeah, at the Improv, March 22nd. That's it. That's it right now. How about you, Pete? Uh, I'm recording an album May 17th at New York Comedy Club. Um, on 24th and 2nd, if that means anything to anybody. And I'll be going on the road a little bit to try and work it out. Uh, a bunch of dates in New England, so just check me out online at pplaydell.com. I'm filming my special. Um, this will be the last special that have kid has kids material in it. So this name of the special is called uh, Putting the Kids to Bed. Okay. And I'm filming it at the end of March. Uh, and it'll be out on my YouTube channel for free. And uh, that's it. Podcast and all that shit, yeah. Love that releasing your own stuff directly to the people. Yep, I've, all my stuffs on YouTube, and that's great. it's really um, it was the smartest move that I ever. Yeah. But yeah, that's it yeah. for me. Uh, and here at the Arlington Draft House, Draft House, everybody, we have next week, uh, February twenty first and twenty second. Kurt Metzger and Louis J Gomez are on tour. Uh, shows at seven and nine. Please come check that out. And Draft House always has cool shows. So come see us then. Thank you guys for listening. Thank all you guys for being on. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Have a great show. Later. Later.